You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right. We are back with an instant reaction podcast. Uh, North Carolina 27, Miami 24. North Carolina got up 14-0 midway through the second quarter. Miami hung in there and uh, made it a game in the fourth quarter, but still plenty of errors that didn't allow the Hurricanes to change the game, um, which I think is a topic later in the podcast for us. But um, I want to start here, Gabby. To me, when I think about this game, you know what, an hour and a half after it ends, um, there's three sequences to me that made it tough for Miami to win the game. The bomb touchdown in the first quarter, 74 yards. Uh, it was kind of a uh, assignment bust by Cam Kitchens. He was supposed to be the deep cover to safety. He came up and, you know, Tyreek Stevenson let his receiver release and there was no safety over the top to take it away and it was a gimme 74 yard touchdown it was the only explosive touchdown of the day um, but turned out to be a big one second sequence was first and goal to two for Miami couldn't find a way to punch it in and then to me the third biggest thing you know as Miami's working their way to get back in the game or or take over the momentum of the game in the fourth quarter uh fourth and one Jalen Knighton runs for nine yards and has a very soft fumble I don't think it was like was he even tackled yeah no. it was like he lost the ball as he's running I mean it was kind of the defender raked the ball out I guess yeah. but soft fumble North Carolina gets the ball, I think, at like their own 17-yard line. Then they go down and have an eight-minute drive, kick a field goal. But Miami was kind of getting some things going. Even if Miami only gets a field goal there, you know, that's valuable points in a tight game. So those are my three instances, um, sequences that, in hindsight, I think kind of, you know, those mistakes or, or... Miami's inability to make plays in those situations frustrated me. Let's go into the first and goal to two. 
what uh what are our thoughts because there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there you know Miami had two offensive linemen go down in consecutive plays and Miami still ran the ball to those that side of the offensive line got pushed around nothing was working the fourth down pass to Will Mallory was the longest developing <laughs> red zone call in the history of man. I don't know. I, I, I will say this. I like the adjustments Josh Gaddis made as a whole in terms of embracing a real spread offense between the 20s and, you know, allowing Tyler to cook. But this red zone stuff, man, it's frustrating to watch. Yeah, um, I mean, it's incredibly frustrating. And I do think that, you know, it gets to the point where you're on the two-yard line and you got four tries. I mean, you, you just got to be able to get some push and, and punch it in. I mean, I think there's definitely to that. Maybe it was a little, you know, vanilla or black and white or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I, I think, honestly, maybe the – I I mean, it, it's happened multiple times. I mean, Middle Tennessee State what, had a goal line stand where they just can't get that push for two yards or whatever it is to, to get the running back into the end zone. And, and that's frustrating to me too. It's just, I mean, again, like – I just feel like that that's something you just need to convert. I feel like it's just kind of like a, a basic thing with the offense, the fact that, you know, you kind of just got dominated, you know, kind of up front by that North Carolina front. And, yeah, you know, you had a couple linemen go down. But, I, might, I mean, I do kind of understand the the thought process of, look, we, we literally just need to get two yards. Like, can yeah. we get two yards of push and, and get the ball into the end zone? Like, I get – and it's extremely frustrating that they can't get that. But then when it's kind of – Again, it's uh you know you run into the same side and then that fourth down play. I mean, it's I think you kind of hope you drop one of those where a guy's just kind of standing in the corner of the end zone by himself, just kind of catches at the ball with his hands. You know, like just one of those really easy scores that you kind of draw it up. It was not like that. I mean, it seemed like every sort of option was kind of eliminated, and then there wasn't really a place to go with the ball safely. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's a huge, huge, huge like you know point of this game i think unc drives the ball down the field and ends up they end up scoring right i mean that's a that's a i mean that's a 14 point swing you know instead of you scoring seven they're scoring seven i mean it's 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 a massive it's a massive a massive point differential um that happens there so yeah i mean it's beyond frustrating that this miami offensive line you know couldn't get that that push on the goal line against middle tennessee nor against north carolina neither one of the two have this like you know unbelievable defensive front either so um i mean yeah disappointing is probably the best adjective i have there Offense, um, Tyler Van Dyke, 496 yards, three touchdowns, threw an interception at the end when he was trying to just force something downfield with the clock ticking down on him. Um, Completed 42 passes, which I guess is a Miami record, 57 attempts, which is a Miami record. It's the most passing yards in a game since Stephen Morris against NC State. I think he went for like 560 in that game. Um, You know. Miami was one-dimensional, though. North Carolina defensively accomplished that, which I think was surprising because North Carolina's run defense was so poor coming into the game. And I, I think you could tell the game plan early on. Miami thought Miami came into the game thinking they could run the ball. That was not the case. Um, so they did switch it up and just uh, let it ride with Tyler, who luckily had a bounce-back game. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the receivers. I think... The pass catchers, by and large, stepped up. There was, you know, some. Uh, there was a frustrating drop here and there, but I think overall the receivers 
stepped up, did their jobs. I liked, I like how Frank Ladson is, you know, kind of a 10 yard, you know, you can count on him to, to catch those balls. I think Brashard Smith took a step forward today. Uh, Michael Redding flashed. So I think there's some encouraging signs there. Run game, not good enough. Um, especially, again, within the context of North Carolina's defense. And then defensively, you know, I think it was a tale of two halves. First half, 21 points allowed. You allowed that gimme explosive touchdown, 74-yarder. But in the second half, Miami's defense did their job. Uh, six points allowed. I think Drake May got a little frustrated there in the third quarter. Um and they had to settle for some field goals. I think overall, the defense played well enough to win. Now, don't don't mishear me and say, I think the defense played well. I'm not saying that. I think they played well enough to win the game within the context of you're defending against an explosive, efficient North Carolina offense that's averaging 45 points per game coming into this game. 500 yards of offense per game coming into this game. I think Miami allowed a red zone. So North Carolina made five red zone trips. Miami allowed two touchdowns on those trips. Um, You know, look, Miami didn't win the game. But I'll say this, Gabby. If I told you before the game, Tyler Van Dyke throws for 496 and Miami's defense held North Carolina to 27 points. You're feeling pretty good about that, right? I mean, I'm feeling... If you tell me when I'm driving in here, Tyler Van Dyke's going for 500 yards, essentially, with three touchdowns, and North Carolina scores... It was 27 points? I mean, I think Miami won this game (laughs) 48-27. Like, I think, okay, Tyler Van Dyke's, you know, had his game. He, you know, three scores through the air. Uh, knowing the run defense, I'm assuming that means that they got some balance in there and Van Dyke had a ton of explosives, you know, kind of stretched the field with some of these guys. I mean, those numbers are those numbers are ridiculous. Uh, David, again, you wrote earlier in the week, like the amount of points that you need to beat North Carolina. What was it like 35 ish? 34 was the average. 34 was the average. I mean, Miami could have Miami could have gone below that and still won the game. I mean, I feel like that you kind of. Again, you obviously don't want the explosives on defense. I mean, the way North Carolina moved the ball, especially early on in in, in the first half, um, you know, that's a lot of that's inexcusable. Um, but I mean, I feel like this was a game that was set up for them to win, and I think that's what makes it. Points, yeah, man. that that's what that's what makes it so tough. And again, hearing that Tyler Van Dyke throws for nearly 500 yards and throws three three touchdowns, uh, you know, I I think that's one of the things I said I wanted to see. You know, like the guy that needed to step up in this game in the pregame podcast, Tyler Van Dyke. You know, have one of those three hundred yards, three touchdown performance games. I thought that would have been enough. I mean, you tell me five hundred and three. Um, I'm feeling extremely, extremely good walking out. You know, walking off the bus or whatever. You know, however you want to say it. Uh, you know, it's tough to it's tough to lose that one. Um, you know, the running game was obviously disappointing. I mean, you talked about the receivers. I mean, I thought. I mean, I thought that this was a performance that you can kind of hang your hat on for these guys. You know, I, I think Frank Ladson showed that he can be a, a go-to guy. You know, Keyshawn Smith showed some stuff. You mentioned Brashard Smith taking a big step up in the slot. I thought he played great. And then how about Colby Young? Like, where where was Colby right. Young for four for for five games? Um, he Flash. looked. I, I mean, he looked like a guy who can be a legitimate deep threat a legitimate red zone threat where i mean he the the little toss up it was good it was impressive i mean 
I, I want to see it. You know, yeah, yeah. I, my thing is just like, why did it take five games for us to see it? Like, I, I feel like he and was Frank, just kind of, why did it take yeah, games you know, I feel like, you know, Colby Young could be, you know, I, I think I do. I think there's something there, like something right. you can kind of build off there. So, you know, I mean, I, I hope we can see a little bit more of that. Um, yeah, man, I think there's things to be encouraged about the, about the wide receivers. I feel like we've kind of ta- knocked them when they've been bad. I think it's time to kind of lift them up now that they've been good. Obviously, we weren't perfect, but I think that's a unit that's improving on a week-to-week basis. And if if that's who they can kind of be moving forward, plus a plus some more, I think the you know we we I mean hopefully the offense you know stays like this. You know, I'm I'm encouraged about what the offense could be moving forward. Right, but they did lose. So yeah. where do thing where does you know how we feel about where things are going from here? Because Miami's two and three. They've lost three straight. No one's here for this. Yeah. Um, you know, the the rest of the schedule in the month of October is favorable. But after that Middle Tennessee State result, who got drilled today by UAB, yeah. nothing is a given with this team. Um, so we'll see how this goes. You know, I think at this point, we're probably looking at a seven and five-ish mm-hmm. Maybe. Best case scenario, seven and five. Is- I think best case is eight and four, but seven and five is probably the safe bet. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, we'll see how it goes. Uh, recruiting minute. Lots of big names. Yeah. In the stands for Hard Rock at Hard Rock Stadium today. You know what? What were the vibes with the guys you you talked to after the game? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are just going to think like, oh, these kids aren't going to stick around for this or anything like that. But I mean, I do feel like really the consensus, just especially from talking to the commits, um, you know, it it feels like these guys are kind of just, you know, kind of bought into the vision of what Mario Cristobal's program can be. I think they saw, you know, a team that's obviously growing. You know, a lot of the the conversation was, you know, obviously we didn't expect uh, this to get, you know, fixed in one year. That that came from Ruben Bain's mouth, the top 247 defensive lineman from Miami Central, who's a big time target. Um, you know, I think the, I mean, it sounds like the IMG guys all have kind of like, you know, like the, the idea is that these guys are all going to Miami. They're going to be a part of the solution. I was talking to Antonio Tripp. He said they were talking in the stands, kind of envisioning themselves in this same situation, you know, a year from now, not in the same situation of them, you know, potentially losing of, of just being out there and helping this team kind of get the win. Um, you know, I feel like Francis Mauagoa could have probably helped tonight you know with if he was out there on the field but you know i think these guys are going to stick around i mean that's the feeling i get right now um you know currently i mean just again just a few games in and yeah maybe there's going to be some other programs that are going to poke around and try to get some of these kids to flip but um you know i do get the feeling that these guys are are here for the long haul they're here to be a part of you know the solution at miami and they're all uh pretty sold on mario cristobal and uh you know i think uh one of the reminders that they got today uh, in that recruiting tent was that uh, was that Jimmy Johnson lost five games in his first year at Miami too. He went on to you know of course win a national championship. So I think these these guys are you know holding tight. Uh, obviously Miami needs to right this ship. They need to go go out, come out next week. It's Virginia, right? Virginia Tech. They go to Virginia Tech. They go to Virginia Tech next week. Handle business there. Come back home against Duke. I think they need to start stringing together a couple wins and and see what happens, man. But uh, I think these guys are kind of here for for whatever happens, you know, this, this fall. Yeah, I think it's apparent. We'll wrap it up with this, but I think it's apparent. You watch today's game. Miami's missing game changers. Yeah. Who's the receiver that's going to make an explosive play on his own. Who's the running back. That's going to make a guy miss, get an explosive. 
who's the offensive lineman you can run behind on first and goal at the two, and you know you're going to score a touchdown. Um, to Corey Couch, had a chance to pick off a pass in the end zone. Um, I don't remember if they scored on that drive or not anyways, but uh, this team needs game changers, and that happens through recruiting, and nowadays it happens through the transfer portal. And that is what Mario Cristobal is elite at. So it's going to take some time, unfortunately, um, but I do think in the long run, Mario is still the right guy for this program. So we'll wrap it up there. And until next time, take care.